All right, hi, third grade friends. This is um, technically, I think, my eighth recording, and we're in the middle of chapter five. So they had gotten through past the Gaisakatas. They had just arrived at the gates, and the proc had greeted them and told them he had to turn back. Okay, so here we were. Oh, don't say that, Ben cried desperately. Tom said, we promised the professor that we would speak to the Wang Doodle. I've got to give him my regards, added Lindy tearfully. There is nothing I can do, said the proc firmly, and he began to usher them towards the gates. The children hung back. Tom had never felt so depressed. I want to wait and see if the Wifflebird's going to be all right. Huge tears rolled down Lindy's face. We've worked so hard. It can't, just can't end like this. It's, isn't there something you can do? The proc was shaking his head. I'm afraid not. You see. But he didn't finish. For with a sob, Lindy rushed to his side and flung her arms around him. Oh, please, please, she begged and buried her face in his thick, baggy sweater. She wept as if her heart would break. The proc knelt beside her. He was distinctly uncomfortable. Now, Miss Lindy, you mustn't cry. I can't stand to see people cry. Lindy's hand stole up around his neck and she clung to him tightly. He was red in the face and covered with confusion. Ben and Tom looked at each other. It's okay, Lindy, Ben said gently. I guess it'll have to be like the professor says. Every once in a while, people fail in spite of trying. He'll understand. But I don't understand, she wailed. At home, if somebody tried really hard, really, really wanted to see the president, then they could. She gazed imploringly at the proc. Dear proc, couldn't you just this once forget about being in charge? That sort of thing. Couldn't you speak to the Wang Doodle for us? I want to see him more than anything in the whole world. The proc hesitated. He looked at the boys and looked back at Lindy. He touched her tear-stained face. Oh, you human beings, he said with feeling. When will I ever learn? He rubbed Lindy's cheek with a sleeve of his sweater. Come along. I can see there's only one way to get any peace around here, and that's to let you meet the Wang Doodle. Lindy hugged him with all her strength. Tom and Ben could not believe the sudden turn of events. All right, all right, the proc waved away their hands. Taking Lindy's hand, he said, come along, Miss Lindy, but for pity's sake, try not to cry anymore. It gets me all emotional and I start to itch. Well, readers, it looks like they're getting their wish. I'm so curious as to what the Wang Doodle is going to look like. So hopefully you're building this image and movie in your mind of what you think he's going to look like and what they're seeing. He led them across the courtyard and under another archway, past two century sidewinders standing rigidly at attention. The children gave them a wide berth. The palace was more beautiful than they had ever imagined. There were crystal courtyards with bright mosaic floors. Others were grassy with wildflower borders and contained sparkling fountains or tranquil pools with ambrosia blossoms floating on the milk-white water. The trees were magnificent and there were flowers such as the children had never seen before. Flutterbys were everywhere. There was a cool breeze and the scent of honeysuckle was strong and heady. Wind chimes made sweet music. The proc walked quickly down a long vaulted passageway and paused in front of a wrought silver door. Wait for me here, he said and went inside. Ben, Tom, and Lindy looked at each other, their hearts pounding with excitement. The boys straightened their hair 
and Lindy smoothed the wrinkles out of her clothes. She said longingly, I wish the professor were here. We must remember every detail for him, Ben declared solemnly. The silver door opened and the proc emerged. You may come in now, he said quietly. When you meet the Wang Doodle, you must address him as your majesty. Don't talk too much and don't get bouncy with excitement because the Wang Doodle seldom has company and is not used to it. Remove your hats and give them to me. Always go bareheaded in front of royalty. It shows respect. The children took off their scrappy caps and gave them to the proc. He held open the door as they walked past him and he announced in a clear voice, the Potter children, your majesty, Benjamin, Thomas, and Melinda. He closed the door behind them. Now readers, I got to stop here because I'm a little nervous. Something just happened. Who can think about what it was? The children took off their scrappy caps and gave them to the proc. What? Remember what Professor Savin had said? Never take them off. I have a feeling that's not a good sign. They were in a cool, high-ceiling room. It was white and tall, with tall windows, through which the sunlight fell onto a polished marble floor. The room was sparsely furnished. There was a long table bearing some choice pieces of silver and a large, richly-covered chair, which was framed by a beautiful tapestry that hung on the wall behind it. There was no one in the room. The children waited, and the silence lengthened. Tom coughed, and a hollow echo came from the high ceiling. Quite suddenly, a cheerful voice said, Well, I must say, you humans have changed a bit since the old days. The children jumped with alarm and found themselves witnessing an amazing sight. Two eyes and a very large pair of antlers began to materialize from the tapestry, followed by the moose-like head that bore them. Next came four rather short legs attached to a round, barrel-like body. The children watched in wonder as the wangdoodle crossed to his throne and sat down nonchalantly, folding his front legs across his chest and crossing one back leg over the other. Oh, don't look surprised. His voice was deep, and he spoke with an engaging lisp. I was playing it safe. Didn't want you to see me before I had a peek at you, so I changed myself into the colors of the tapestry. The Wang Doodle was truly an extraordinary creature. He was the size of a small pony. His face was big and friendly with large brown eyes and long, fair eyelashes. His eyebrows were arched, giving him a constant look of surprise. His muzzle looked soft as velvet, and when he grinned, he displayed strong, horse-like teeth which protruded over his lips. His antlers were amazingly large and very handsome. He held his head proudly in keeping with his general regal air. His body was a warm, gray-brown color, and his small, rather thin tail was fashioned into a love knot. On his hind feet, he wore a pair of old pink knitted bedroom slippers with floppy tassels. Ben remembered the prox instructions. Your Majesty, thank you for allowing us to see you. Hmm, the proc tells me you've given him a lot of trouble. I didn't want to see you, not at first, and then I confess that I did feel some slight desire to make contact again after all these years. I do get lonely, not that I mind, and I wouldn't go back, not ever, even if you begged and pleaded, humans can't be trusted. Have a piece of wood. He held out a large box of candy. The children hesitated. Oh, come on, you must be starving. I'm sure you haven't eaten for ages. They hungrily accepted the delicious sweets. Aren't they good? The wing doodle munched one happily. This is my favorite kind. I have a very sweet tooth, you know. Would you like to see it? 
he asked Lindy. Oh, yes. Thank you, your majesty. The Wang Doodle grinned. It's this one here, he said, indicating it with his tongue. See the little daisy on it? <gasps> Why, that is a sweet tooth, Lindy said in surprise. I thought you'd like it. All Wang Doodles are born with one, you know. And a shadow passed over his brow. At least they used to be, he added sadly. He helped himself to another piece of wood. As I was saying, you look different from the children I used to know. Cleaner, neater, taller. Are you an exception? Or do all children look like you? Tom answered. I don't think we're different from other children, your majesty. How is your world these days? The proc never tells me anything because he doesn't want to upset me. Do you still use that barbaric rack and boiling oil on your enemies? Do you still fight over territory and so on? We do still have wars, your majesty, if that's what you mean, Ben replied. The Wang Doodle looked depressed. Thought so. It didn't seem as though things were going to change much when I left. He began to turn blue. Lindy said, Your majesty, you are changing color. A am I? He looked at his stomach. Oh, so I am. I do it without thinking, you know. Can you really turn any color you want? Asked Ben. Yes, I can turn plaid if I want to, but that's a hard one. What's the hardest color of all to do? Lindy inquired. Oh, I would say flange. What's flange? Tom chuckled. It's nothing to laugh about, young man. It's every color in the rainbow all at once. I seldom manage that. Mind you, omnipresent blue is pretty tough as well. And crash pink. Is that pretty? asked Lindy. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning, replied the wing doodle. Harder than plaid? Oh, ten times harder. Or is it eleven? Lilac is my favorite color, Lindy told him. Is it now? Well, allow me the honor. The Wang Doodle slowly turned the most beautiful shade of lilac that Lindy had ever seen. That's lovely. Thank you, Your Majesty. Not at all. Have some more wood. The Wang Doodle suddenly went, Oh, dear, my poor feet. I know it's rather informal, but would you mind if I put them up for a while? I'm due for a new pair of slippers, you see, and right now my feet are killing me. Ben said, Oh, don't worry about us, Your Majesty. Is there anything we can do for you? You could pass me that footstool over there. Ben fetched it and placed it in front of the throne. Ah, oh, that's better. The Wangdoodle stretched his legs and smiled with relief. Now explain something to me. I was told there were four of you in the expeditionary party. That your guide was Professor somebody or other. He's been seen poking around the country a lot. Why isn't he here? Taking turns, the children told the Wang Doodle all about the professor, from the day they'd met him at the zoo to their sad parting at the bridge. The Wang Doodle thought, looked thoughtful. Well, I must say, it's a pity your friend couldn't make it. I hoped I might get a moment to chat with him. I fancy we have a lot in common, and a good conversation is hard to come by these days. It's very quiet here, you know, and I don't have a wife. Sad that. I don't have anyone to carry on the family name. Makes me very blue at times, pale blue. And he changed back to the appropriate color. Lindy said, oh, You'd like the professor, your majesty. He's the nicest person in the whole world next to mommy and daddy. Is there any way you could help him get here? He wants to meet you so badly. I'm sorry, but there is nothing I can do. He had exactly the same chance as you. You saw the bridge. He didn't. I can't provide him with a new imagination, can I? You know, stop there, third grade friends.
this is a really long chapter. So they're talking with a Wayne Doodle and sharing. I'm curious, we're really close to the end of this book. So I'm wondering if you're starting to think about a prediction for how might this story end? Like what's gonna happen? Like is the professor really gonna make it over? Or are they just gonna come back and tell him everything before they return home? So think about those predictions, share it on Google Classroom. Can't wait to see them.